来思想咱最近咱的信仰，达就唔捌行过的路。Continuing our sermon series, set foot on the road never traveled. 今日来看 Chapter Five. Today we'll be reading from Joshua Chapter Five. 无平凡的陪伴。Extraordinary preparation. 那顶礼拜咱讲 Joshua Chapter Four 的时阵。Last Sunday, when we shared with you Joshua chapter four, Jordan River had just been parted. At that time, the water in Jordan River were already parted. Two million Israelites have crossed through this Jordan River. So, officially, they have set foot on the Promised Land. Do you know what were what was the reaction of the Canaanites? If we read chapter five, verse one, it says, "If we read chapter five, verse one, it says, 'Yok Dan Ho, Ho Se Amori Ang Zu Ong, Kap Kau Kun Kanam Lang Ang Zu Ong, Tiang Diok Yao Wa, Is Li Li Xiong De Ho Yok Dan Ho Zui Da Lao, Tang Lan Ge Liao Yao, 注意野心，因为以色列的原因都消化了，莫个有大了。Now, when all the Amorites kings west of Jordan and all the Canaanites kings Along the coast, heard how the Lord had dried up the Jordan before the Israelites until they had crossed over. Their hearts melted in fear; they no longer had the courage to face the Israelites. What did you learn, Mr. Kuei? If you pay attention to the last sentence, 野心消化了 Their hearts melted in fear. This is a medical term. And there's a medical term here. We all know that、uh, it's, it could be translated to digestion. Do you know what's the most important factor in 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 war? It's not the amount of weapons you have. Of course. The the weapon will play a significant role. In Something else is more important than weapon. It's the morale of the troops. If you do not have the fighting spirit, it doesn't matter if you possess the most advanced weaponry. You will never win the war. In the civil war that happened before in China. And the communists and the nationalists were at war with each other. And you know, at that time, the nationalists they have、uh, weapons from America. And it was considered advanced during that time. On the other hand, the communists have、uh, less advanced and uh, basic uh, weapons. And you may ask the question why they were able to win the war. Because of the more more morale of the troops. And do you know why at that time the fighting spirit of men were uh, uh, disappeared? At that instant, the Israelites ought to attack their enemies, the Canaanites. Immediately, because it was the crucial moment at、uh, the,、uh, the time of war, and it provided an opportunity. Unless you take hold of this opportunity,、uh, there will be very limited and, if not few,、uh, opportunities for you to win the war. The Cantonese has this very interesting saying. First, allow me to explain the definition of morale. This is to have determination to keep oneself motivated. Morale stimulates one's energy, stamina, and ability. So, this is very important. So, can I learn which way? The Cantonese has this、uh, very interesting saying. I don't know how to pronounce it, but it means taking advantage of someone in a vulnerable situation. When a person is sick, uh, if uh, that's your enemy, it's the best time for you to、uh, eliminate him. So, at this time, during that time, you should not be taking advantage of someone in a vulnerable situation. 
That was the opportunity when the Israelites ought to attack the Canaanites. And yet, it was not recorded as such in the Bible. If you read Joshua chapter 5, you'll find out that the Israelites did three things. And these three things seems that uh, somebody uh, knowledgeable in warfare should not be doing. First, they perform circumcision before their enemies. Second, they had a feast before their enemies. And third, the last minute, they changed the commander of their troops before their enemies. And military strategies ought not to be doing these three things. And it may appear foolish in the eyes of men. However, before God, that provided the most crucial and important factor in winning the war. Number one, first, they perform circumcision before the enemies. If we read these two verses, chapter 5, verses 2 to 3, at that time, the Lord said to Joshua, make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites at Gibeah Herald. So a cockley, and circumcision removing the foreskin in male's organ. It was a sign, a symbol of the covenant that God had with his people, the Israelites. And the first person to perform circumcision and uh, fulfill this covenant was Abraham. From that day onwards, babies or infants born to the Israelite family were circumcised on the eighth day after the birth. In order to prove that this baby, this infant, is now a child of God. And he has part he is a part of God's covenant. However, those who were born uh, during the time when they were in the wilderness, these Israelites were not circumcised. Shall we read chapter 5, verse 5? All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. If you ask, how come this new generation of Israelites were not circumcised? It's very simple. Because the parents did not perform circumcision on their children. And those who left the Egypt, the Israelites came to a very famous place. Oh, they have a very uh, well-known characteristic. It means that uh, the Israelites are very good in complaining. If you read the Bible, there were 10 occasions that the Israelites complained. In reality, it's more than 10 times. Because the 10 connotes a complete number. Which proved to us the Israelites were very good at complaining. If they don't have food to eat, the Israelites will complain. Nothing to drink, they complain. Difficult to travel, they complain some more. If they see the giant, the large-sized enemies before them, they would complain. Whenever they are unhappy, the first reaction would be to complain. And if you study the reason of the why they are complaining, and God was very mad at them. God has decided that. 
this generation of Israelites who complain a lot will never be allowed to enter the promised land. They wandered 40 years in the wilderness. Probably because of this reason that the Israelites were not happy or displeased with God. And that's why they failed to circumcise their children. Now that the new generation is up, they have crossed the Jordan River. The first thing that God wanted them to do circumcision. is circumcise. Imagine, Just imagine that. Uh, ages between 20 to 60, the number more than 600,000. And those who are younger than 20 years of age, maybe the estimate approximately 100,000 to 200,000. Just imagine that. During that period of time, between 700 to 800 Israelites were circumcised. Every male in that community removed the uh, male organs foreskin. And when they... Uh, uh, accumulate all the foreskins. With that amount of foreskin uh, combined together, it was uh, dumped together and it formed a mountain. And that's why they called that place Gibeah Haralot. Because of the amount of foreskin, it was uh, accumulated to form a hill. Pay attention to this. During that time, the Israelites had reached the promised land. And when they stood before Jericho, between 700 to 800 males were circumcised at that time. It was considered a very foolish move militarily speaking. They were at the most dangerous and a perilous situation. Because in verse 8 of chapter 5, After the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Because after the circumcision, the, every person could not move. They would lie still on bed. And it's required that they would rest between five to eight days on the minimum before they And during that period of time, should there be an enemy attacking them, no one had the, had the strength to oppose. In the book of Genesis, exact incident happened. In Genesis chapter 34, at that time, daughter of Jacob, Dina, went out. And he was sexually assaulted by the son of the ruler of Sechem. Because Dina at that time was a very beautiful woman. Even if uh, uh, he was, uh, she was sexually offended, but the offender wanted to have her as wife. The sons of Jacob told the uh, ruler of Sechem this thing. Okay, no problem. It's all right if you want to marry our sister. But we request you to follow this condition. All the males in your family and in your clan should be circumcised. Because all the Israelites, the males, were circumcised. Because after you circumcise your then we will be considered the same type of people. You can marry our girls and we can marry your girls as well. And we can become the same type of people. It was a deception. It was a deception. In agreement, this ruler, the leader of the second clan, uh, he commanded every male in that uh, clan should be circumcised. If you read Genesis chapter 34, verse 25, three days later, while all of them were still in pain, two of Jacob's sons, Simeon and Levi, 
Dina's brothers took their swords and attacked the unsuspecting city, killing every male. Only two persons appeared. Maybe not only two persons who killed the entire clan, but these two were the leaders. Only two leaders appeared. We are not aware how many followers they did. But probably the number was not big. They were able to kill with their sword every male in that unsuspecting city. The male could have no strength to fight against the enemies. And now you can see the situation where 800,000 male, 800, males were circumcised before their enemies. So finished. You consider this a foolish act. It's something that a military strategist should not be doing. And yet it was commanded by God that they should follow. Why? You'll find the answer in chapter 5, verse 9. Then the day, then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. Gilgal is a road. If you look at the meaning of this word Gilgal, it means to roll. Before they went to war, the Israelites were asked by God to do these things first. To put away or to roll away the reproach, the shame or the embarrassment that they had before the Egyptians. What do you uh, consider the reproach or the shame of Egypt? We are aware that the Israelites committed a lot of sins in the wilderness. Two of these stood out, two sins stood out. And because of these two sins, God's anger was against them and he, he wanted to eliminate the entire Israelite nation. The first sin, when the Israelites worshipped the golden calf beneath Mount Sinai. At that time, God wanted to eradicate or eliminate the entire Israelites. The second sin, in uh, Ganesh Bernea, the, the Israelites also committed this sin. When these ten spies were sent to survey the promised land, uh, 12, 12 spies, 10 reported that they should not enter the promised land because the enemies were too strong. And because of this, the entire Israelites, they complained against God. They wanted to return back to Egypt. And during that time, God said to them, the second time. The second time. God wanted to put away the entire Israelites. And in these two occasions, Moses intervened and pleaded to God. And because of this, God relented and he spared the Israelites. And if you read the prayer of Moses, the first time, Lord, Lord, Moses said, Why should your anger burn against your people, whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand? Why should the Egyptians say, it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth. That was the first prayer Moses made to God. And the second occasion, you can find this in the book of Numbers, chapter 14, verses 15 to 16. 
的确议论你，的确讲你，讲什么啊？又话因为无法将这个卑职坐高，伊英文的所在，所以就抗议将笼中拍死了啦。If you put all these people to death, leaving none alive, the nations who have heard this report about you will say. The Lord was not able to bring these people into the land He promised them on oath, so He slaughtered them in the wilderness. And you see the wisdom of Moses here. He prayed God. If you killed all these Israelites, you know what the Egyptians would say about you? The Egyptians will claim that you have no strength and you have no power. Yes. Yes, you may have brought the Israelites out of Egypt, but yet you have not, not been able to bring them into the Promised Land. So, you know, and that's why people will claim that you have no power. You're not able to control. Your name will be put to shame. Let me tell you this. If the Israelites will not enter the Promised Land in one day. Such rumors, such comment or criticism will never stop. Now this new generation of Israelites have reached the promised land. And all of them are circumcised. All the shame, all the reproach and embarrassment were removed. From that day onward, no one can claim that. Just imagine. We built this discipleship center. After the foundation was put on, and the construction stopped, no longer uh, uh, continuing. Forty years later, whenever people would pass through this area, and they would look at the, the, the site, is this a church? Oh, why did the construction uh, stop at that site? Throughout the 40 years, nothing has happened. How will the people say? What kind of God they believed in? Is that real or not? After the discipleship center was built and constructed, after this was dedicated to God, no one can claim that in the same manner. After the Israelites reached the promised land, the reproach, the shame that they had from Egypt was removed. And because of the act of circumcision, to emphasize that all the reproach and shame in the Israelites were removed. May I ask you this question, your church? Throughout your life, have you ever experienced or are you having that shame or embarrassment that has followed you throughout your life up to this day? Maybe 10 years, 20 years, and even 30 years. I do not know what shame or embarrassment that you're carrying. But every time when you think about this incident, you'll be embarrassed and you'll be ashamed. And you do not know where you, you probably this shame, you don't know where it came from. Maybe it's due to your disobedience to God. But here's the good news. Because there's a very clear explanation in the Bible today that you can remove your reproach, your embarrassment. What is baptism? You share in the same death the burial and the resurrection with Jesus Christ. Say, Die with Christ, bury with Christ, resurrect with Christ. And you share the same thing entirely with Jesus Christ. Christ. Let me ask you this question. Die with Christ, raise with Christ, enjoy me. Is it okay for you to just die and raise with Christ? You may claim that it's the same. Seems to be okay. It seems to be okay. Christ. And however, we were reminded by the scripture that we have to be buried with Christ. Do you know why? Once a person is buried, it, it uh, means that you end everything that you have on earth. Imagine. Just imagine. If someday uh, your loved ones would uh, leave this world, 
If you will not bury your loved ones, 只是帮地摄取嘅里面 ，and you probably、uh, allow that loved one to be、uh, to to remain in the funeral home， 你就一大节未了吧 ？And you'll know that there's no closure。天主难给佢冇 cost。And just like our previous president， 已死了咯。After his death, he was not able to have a proper burial. So, we 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 have a proper Dear church, please remember that after you believe in God, we are die with Christ, bury with Christ, and raise with Christ. Kap kitok tang si tang bai zong tang ko. Bai zong yi ao. After your burial, 一切代志都结束了 Everything would come to an end. 一切嗰个 sense of guilt 最高根无底的生命嘅中间 There will be no longer your sense of guilt in your life. 这是撒旦对人的 accused. It's the accusation that the enemy Satan would have against us. 上帝爱咱。When God wanted you to embark on a new chapter, on a new direction in your life's journey, we should never take that path with a sense of guilt always with us. The precious blood of Jesus Christ can wash away all our sins and transgressions. There's no sin left. Precious blood of God cannot change. So the first thing is before you go to war. Before you embark on a new phase in your life journey. God wanted the Israelites to be circumcised. Second, the Israelites held a feast before their enemies. If you read verses 10 to 11. On the evening of the fourteenth day of the month, while camp at Gilgal on the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. The day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. 就受了加利人，即系最，即系受 Passover。Only those who are circumcised were allowed to、um, commemorate the Passover. So, this new generation of Israelites was the first time that the Passover. It was the first time that the new generation of Israelites were able to observe the Passover. It was such a beautiful celebration. But the timing was not right. Because It was a time that they're about to go to war. It's not a time that they enjoy peace. And you know, this Passover would last for seven days. And the first and the last day,、uh, there's a feast of gathering. All of them will gather together to eat, to to sing songs, and to be joyful together. It's similar to how we celebrated our Christmas and New Year. It's such a beautiful occasion. If you imagine more than two million people would gather together to celebrate the Passover, but during the time they were about to go to war, they're standing before their enemies. It's not right for them to be feasting, to be eating and drinking. Just like the most serious COVID、uh, situation that we had two years ago. Nobody dared to go out out of their home because it was so dangerous. At that time, it's very perilous for them. Uh, the Israelites, the, the Jewish nation,、uh, was able to claim their independence on May 14, 1948. Throughout those wars, we have seen a lot of the、uh, Israelites fighting against the Palestinians. The Arab nation said something like this. Mediterranean Sea, I mean. They will drive all the Jews back to the Mediterranean Sea. So, so, so many wars were conducted against the Israelites. But one of those, in 1973, Jabhat Chuyla, the Jenjang. 
It's called the Yom Kippur War. It happened in October 6, 1973. The day of atonement. Yom Kippur means the day of atonement. That day when they were at war. All the Israelites were celebrating the Yom Kippur uh, uh, celebration. So, so when they were attacked by the enemies, they had very little preparation. If you go back and read the history, the first two days, the Israelites suffered great casualties and they were almost defeated. But praise God, beginning on the third day, and because of God's blessings, it, it was a, there was a significant turning point in that war. And the, the Israelites were able to defeat their enemies. And, and the troops were able to enter Egypt and Syria. And even uh, uh, the United Nations intervened. And a treaty was signed to stop the war. Initially, the Israelites started losing the war. Why were they losing the war? Because the war, they were attacked on the day of their celebration. The Israelites were not prepared for war. But because of uh, this, that, what has happened, you may ask, why did God ask the Israelites to observe the Passover for seven days? There's only one reason. It was an act to prove their faith and remembrance of God's grace. They observed the first Passover when they were about to leave Egypt. And we are aware that uh, during the time, the Egyptian king, Pharaoh, refused to let the Israelites go. Ten plagues were sent to Egypt uh, through the hands of Moses. The last one was killing of the uh, firstborn in the, of the land. All the firstborn in that land were all killed. Including human beings and animals. Israelites and Egyptians all included. And God asked Moses to do something. Every Israelite family. And that night they should slaughter and kill the lamb. The blood of the lamb should be wiped on the door frame, the left side and the right side. And also above the, above the door frame. And the rabbi made this comment. It's a, a similar to an invisible cross. Left to right, up and down. From left to right, up and down. To down. It's uh, the symbol of a cross. It was made by the blood of the Lamb. So, that evening, when the angels of death passed over that place, all the doors with the sign of this invisible cross. This angel will not enter. The firstborn will not be slaughtered. But after they pass through this place, if any door without the sign of the cross, whether that family is an Egyptian family or an Israelite family, the angel of death will enter and firstborn will all be slaughtered. So here am that evening. Many firstborn, or almost all the firstborns of the Egyptian nation, including the firstborn of Pharaoh, were killed. Pharaoh, let them go. Go, 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 go. And for that reason, finally, Pharaoh relented and let them go. It was the first Passover observed. At this point, God wanted the new generation of Israelites to observe the Passover. After the Passover, and after that Passover, 
God gave them the so, promised land. So, That's why it's so meaningful. The, the first Passover that they came out of Egypt, they received God's saving grace and His salvation. And the first Passover that they observed in the land of Canaan, they received the promised land. God wanted to remind all of us this very important thing. All the blessings that you will enjoy in your life is because of God's grace and your act of faith. May God help us. By faith, let us claim God's promises for us in our lives. And we could see this in Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. It's how King David knew his God. His God was able to set a feast before his enemies. Not only are you not afraid of whatever enemies that you have in your life, but before your enemies, you are able to eat and drink and enjoy the feast. It's your, more than conqueror, more, more than uh, victorious in your life. May God help us as we live in God's grace. Chairman, may I ask, who are your enemies? Maybe your family members? Maybe your superior or boss? Or maybe your colleagues? Maybe the financial pressure that you're currently facing? And maybe you have some health issues? I don't know. We don't know. All of us have different enemies in our lives. But if you believe that, God will be able to set a feast before your enemies. By faith, we need to step out and receive God's grace for us in our life. Thirdly, the Israelites changed their commander before their enemy. And this is the more unreasonable move. If you read verses 13 to uh, verse 13 of uh, chapter 5, now when Joshua was near Jericho, he looked up and saw a man standing in front of him with a drawn sword in his hand. Joshua went up to him and asked, Are you for us? Or for our enemy. Neither, he replied, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. Then Joseph fell face down to the ground in reverence and asked him, What message does my Lord have for his servant? The commander of the Lord's army replied, Take off your sandals, for the place where you are standing is holy. And Joshua did so. After the circumcision, Passover. after they observed the Passover, you might expect that now it's time to go uh, to, to war. go to war. And when the commander of the Israelite troops, the commander of Jehovah's army, came uh, before Jericho, as Joshua surveyed the, the situation, it's very evident that as a commander, he was trying to strategize which is the best way to attack this place. And suddenly, a person appeared before him with a drawn sword. If you are facing such a person, a soldier, Joshua immediately asked him this question. Are you coming to help me or to help my enemies? As if the question posed was a choice. Multiple choice. choice. Multiple cho- a choice Number one, first, are you for us? Number two, second, or you are for our enemy? You know the answer? None of about. It's letter C. <laughs> the person replied, I'm not helping you and I'm not helping your enemies. 
I am the commander of God's army. If you read this verse, Exodus 12, 41, at the end of the 430 years, to the very day, all the Lord's division left Egypt. And those who left Egypt were not considered as uh, refugees. Uh, that group of people was considered the troop of the Lord Jehovah. At that time, at that instant, the person leading the people of God to war, the commander was Joshua. And suddenly another person appeared. And this is an unknown person who claimed that he is the commander of the Lord Jehovah's army. You might find the common strange. But in reality, that person asked Joshua this question. Are you willing or are you unwilling to submit to me the power of your leadership. Yes, you might be commanding God's people as a commander. Today and now, may I take your place. Are you willing to imagine give up? Just imagine that. And today, uh, one day, if Reverend Jeremiah Kyung was walking around in the disciples' center, suddenly a person appeared that we, are, uh, we do not know him. And I asked the person, what are you here for? Are you here for service? The person replied, no. I'm here to be the senior pastor of uh, Christian Bible Church of the Philippines. Do you know the meaning? Uh, please submit to me the leadership of this church. That day, Joshua faced the same question. If you are Joshua, if you are Joshua, how will you reply to this person? You may say that man must be crazy. And you may think about all sorts of reasons. But amazingly, Joshua bowed down before him. Joshua bowed down before this person and said, My Lord, what is your order for your servant? Joshua immediately submitted the leadership of his troop. I'm now your servant. Why? There's only one possibility and a singular reason. For Joshua knew that the person who is now before me was somebody sent by God to lead the troop, to lead God's army. And for that reason, Joshua willingly gave up his leadership. From that day onwards, everything is up to this leader. Whatever you ask us to do, we will obey. You may ask this question, why is it that before this very crucial and important war, God wanted Joshua to give up his leadership position? There's a very important biblical truth that we need to understand. The battles belongs to God. Please remember that. belong to Him, not belong to us. All the battles, all the wars in this world belongs to God and not us. The success and failure in our life's battle depends on God and not on us. It's not you and I going up. God goes to war with us and through us. You may find many spiritual battles ahead of us. And not by your own power. The battles not belong to us, belong to him. That's why when Joshua asked this question, are you to help me or to help my enemies? Joshua's thinking might be very similar to what we are thinking today. Unless you are here to help me, I'm sure you'll be against me. If you don't stand on my side, you'll be standing on my enemy's side. For we can never understand that. Battles belong to God. The years ago, during the civil war in the United States, 
the war between north and southern uh, nations. Lincoln is uh, the former president Abraham Lincoln was leading the northern troop against the southern troop. And initially, the southerners were winning the battles. A very, very famous incident happened. Lincoln's general asked Lincoln this question. Let us pray for God to stand on our side. And the reply of Lincoln was, We should not pray for God to be standing on our side, but instead we should pray that we are standing on God's side. For Abraham Lincoln understood that battle belong to God. That the battle belongs to God. Not that you are not to do anything. Let's read the Bible. Proverbs 21, verse 31. The horse is made ready for the battle, for the day of battle, but victory rests with God. We need to prepare. All the necessary equipment, the tools, and the, the weapons should be prepared. In this verse, the horse has to be made ready. But the result of the battle, the result of the battle will not be dependent on the number of horses you have, but the battle and victory rest with God. May God help us. When God spoke to Joshua, are you willing Are you willing to submit and let go your leadership power? For the battle belongs to God and not to us. You know who is the first person who made this comment? King David. It was King David. At that time, as a teenager, uh, he said something like this. As David faced his giant enemy, Goliath. You'll find this in 1 Samuel chapter 17, verse 47. All those gathered here will know that it is not by sword or spear that the Lord saves for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. For the battle belongs to God. That's why when Joshua was about to go to war, God wanted Joshua to learn this very important spiritual principle. You need to obey my leading in your life. And not dependent on your own abilities and power. Every time before you go to war, God wanted Joshua to learn how to do these three things. First, God wanted Joshua to perform circumcision of all the Israelites before their enemies. Let us not allow our past failures, our past shame and embarrassment to be a burden as we journey through our life. He wanted us to put aside and roll away our shame, reproach and embarrassment. Secondly, God wanted them to hold a feast before their enemies. God wanted the Israelites to remember God's grace by faith and enable them to be victorious over their enemies. Thirdly, God wanted the Israelites to change the commander in their lives before the In order for them to understand that the battle belongs to God, the victory and defeat of the battle are both in God's hands. If you come to think of it, 
We have already about to end the first month in this brand new year 2023. There are many things that await us in our lives. Are we ready? Are you ready? Have we made the right preparation? May God help us. And may today's message help each one of us. As we prepare ourselves to face the challenges in this brand new year. Next week, chapter 6 will begin the war. The first battle that the Israelites had will be up against the people of Jericho. Let's see how this battle will evolve next Sunday when they go up against the people of Jericho. May God help us. Let's pray. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you before Joshua embarked on his battle, God wanted him to prepare these three things. And likewise, may all of us be prepared for these three things as well. So we are not sure and we are unaware of what will happen to us. Even as we are about to end the first month of 2023, the 11 months ahead of us, we are not sure and we do not know how much challenges and obstacles ahead of us. Allow us to make the right preparation. More important than this, battle belong to God. may you remind us always that the battle belongs to you. Not that we will go out to war on our own. Only by your leading and by your guidance that we go to war. May our Heavenly Father be responsible for the path ahead of us. For the, the, the victory and the defeat all belongs to you. We pray that God, you will help us as we obey your leading. We thank God. Listen to our prayers in the holy name of our Lord Jesus Christ and Savior. Amen. Amen.